Previously recorded in both Chattanooga and Murfreesboro, Tennessee, this is NFL's Fourth and Goal, a production of Next Season Sports Media. Hello, everybody, and welcome to NFL's Fourth and Goal, a monthly discussion about the NFL offseason, hot topics, culture, history, and switching to direct TV. My name is Jacob Wilkinson. My name is Drew Wade, and um, unfortunately, I think DirecTV is losing the NFL Sunday ticket this year. So, bad time for us oh, to really? DirecTV. Yeah. Right. But switching that to DirecTV is ticket. not tough. I heard that they're getting a Thursday ticket to make up for it. You can watch <laughs> yes. every Thursday That's night game. Thursday night football. <laughs> you have to for that to watch Thursday night. Yeah, all the good games that they put on yeah. Thursday night. How the heck are you doing, Andrew? I'm doing well. We're getting closer to the season. We're only about three months out now. Uh, still feels sure. like a really long time, but basically right in between last season and next season at this point, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we're a little closer because three months ago it was March, so season just ended. So hey, we've we've reached, we've passed the halfway point. We've got less time. It's it's gonna be here before we know it. I think. I'm excited. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. Um, yeah, I haven't thought. Too much about football recently if i'm being quite honest this is the time of the year where i like really forget about it especially like when nba playoffs kick up and it's easy to get kind of distracted by other sports um but i'm looking forward to getting back into it i have a little opener bit here um Ooh. so last year in june i predicted that the rams would beat the cleveland browns in the super bowl um mm. I was right about the state, the division. Pretty pretty close. That's true. You got the winner and the opposing division, right? So that's That's pretty good. I feel pretty good about that. So I'm about to get the winner and at least the opposing division again. Okay. So here we go. It's June. So here is my yearly Super Bowl prediction. Now here's the now here's the thing. I want I wanted to come in here and say it's gonna be the Bills because realistically I do think that they are favorites. However, However, I didn't think that the Rams were necessarily the best team going into the season last year. There were many points where I didn't feel like they were the best team. Um, That is how I feel about the Broncos. However, the Denver Broncos will be your 2023 Super Bowl champions. And Mm. I'm going to go out on a limb with a little bit of a bold prediction here and say that they are going to beat the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. Okay, Kind of weird because last year I was actually maybe the biggest hater on the Buccaneers doing well. Um, And I think that the odds are kind of stacked against them. But something about Brady coming back screams yeah. narrative to me. Yeah. So <clears throat> they were that close to beating the Rams this last year and making it again. So mm-hmm. you never know. And I think um, I think we would all be blessed by a Russell Wilson versus Tom Brady Super Bowl again. So yeah, definitely would like to see that happen. Especially because it'd be funny uh, that they like swapped conferences since the last time they faced. Oh yeah. So. Uh, th- yeah, there you go. There is your annual June Super Bowl prediction from yours truly. Excellent. One, one in a row so far. So let's see if we can keep it going. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, does this have anything to do with the financial uh, commitment you've made to the Broncos winning the Super Bowl already? You know, that's like... <laughs> I, I think that both of those come from the same place, which is I, like... I... I I've talked about this on the show before, like the Broncos are so like hot for five years and cold for five years. Like that's how they've always been. Mm -hmm. Um, So I am 
basically not going to let a moment of hopium get away from me during this era. Um, going to be at my most hype, my my most blind at basically all points until Russell Wilson stops wearing orange and blue. So there you go. I mean, yeah, now is a great time to do it too, since I mean, we're in the middle of the off season and mm-hmm. you can't be proven otherwise for a while. So good time yeah, to have right. that. <laughs> the only, if if the Rams hadn't got the the win, the only reason people would have reminded me that I got that prediction wrong was because I was shoving it down everyone's throat all year. Oh like, yeah, like, don't forget I said the Rams were gonna win the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think you said that at least once per episode last year, <laughs> if not more. <laughs> One more thing about the season coming up is uh, something that I I've been thinking about pretty much year round now since we joined that dynasty league last year is fantasy football and uh, i'm just mm-hmm. really interested to see how the fantasy landscape is going to look this year i think there's going to be surprises just like there are every year and uh just, do you have any any players you're looking at as be being a surprise contributor to a fantasy squad this year mm, i don't know if like surprise is the right word but i think i'm not necessarily in chaos mode about tyreek as much as like most dynasty owners seem to be yeah. um i like I was looking at our slash fantasy football when that all went down. And I remember um, a lot of like people being pretty scared about his production and also saying it was going to like definitely boost up to but it was going to like hurt his numbers, especially with mm-hmm. like Waddle being a factor. And I think that's true. However, I also feel like that offense is shaping up to be a very pass game focused offense, like pretty obviously like with the roster that they're like, putting together and also my opinion you don't really go out for Tyreek like in his prime unless like you intend on making him like a core factor so honestly if anything like if the if the (laughs) I like this is almost wild to say but if the Dolphins like surge I could see Tyreek having some games that outshine some of his performances from Kansas City last year so yeah uh I I definitely feel pretty good about him also um there was uh last year uh Connor James Connor from mm-hmm. the uh, Cardinals. Funny enough, like at the beginning of the season, I was super super cold on him and actually traded him away in our uh, weekly league, uh, like our yearly league, I guess, like the yeah, redraft league. Redraft league. Yeah, huge mistake because he heated up like crazy wow. over the course of the season, and now like sort of with the way that Arizona's been shaping up, and also like with the way the defenses really took advantage of like. Uh, a beat up Kyrie's arm, like in the second half of last season, I'm expecting him to put up even more numbers, probably be a serious candidate for like RB two and on most teams. I think so. Yeah. I mean, he was the RB five overall in, uh, I think half PR last year, maybe also PPR, but yeah, he was a a great surprise last year and then chase Edmonds left the team Mm -hmm. uh, this off season. So that just gives him even more room to shine there. He really, he got a ton of carries inside the five yard line. So that's always something you're looking for as a uh, fantasy team owner. And it's just, it's really exciting to see where he's going to go. What about you? What players are you keeping an eye on right now? So I've got my eye on Pittsburgh right now because they obviously just drafted Kenny Pickett only quarterback to go in the first round in the draft this year Mm -hmm. great story you know he went to pittsburgh college shared a practice facility with the steelers uh real happy for him he seemed really happy to get drafted by the steelers but i really think people 
are just assuming that he's just going to steal this job from Mitch Trubisky. And I think that Mitch Trubisky is going to end up as a top 12 fantasy quarterback this year. Yes, uh, dude. I cannot he, agree more. He was a solid fantasy quarterback in Chicago playing under Matt Nagy. Uh, even in those times where, you know, he didn't look like the best, that offense was floundering a little bit at times. He was still putting up solid fantasy numbers. He's going from Matt Nagy to, oh, he spent a year, first of all, playing under Josh Allen last mm-hmm. year, being his backup, learning from him and learning from uh, Brian Dayball and that system. And now he's going to one of the best coaches Mike of Tomlin. our time, maybe yeah. ever. Yeah, yeah. Mike Tomlin. So, I Crazy mean, I think, I think Mitch Trubisky, he, they got a lot of weapons around him. I think he's going to be really good fantasy this year yeah for sure i think we've talked about this on the show like i believe when we were talking about like quarterback shuffle back in april um i have all eyes on mitch this season i like really really want to see this guy succeed i think like sometimes the nfl i think really chews up and spits out quarterbacks and um it's rare to see these stories like trubisky or like nick Foles, like these guys who kind of got removed from the starter system and like worked their way back into it. It's just like with the amount Mm -hmm. of talent always coming in, like granted, this is a time where it's probably been, it's now it's probably the easiest time to compete with like incoming talent, quote unquote, as like a washed up quote unquote QB or whatever. But uh, yeah, I think like it's, it's so rare to see a situation like this. I think Jameis also sort of falls into this category where you like see these quarterbacks, like, get a shot and flounder on a bad program, be removed and then like have a step back in. And so I think most people sort of see Mitch as being like just another, you know, like name any quarterback Denver's had in the last seven years. But like, I I think that he is really gearing up to surprise us in, in Pittsburgh. And as much as I adore Mike Tomlin as a coaching student, um, I've never really found myself rooting for the Steelers, but uh, I think now is, I thought it was going to get even worse because it was looking like they were going to get Carson for a little bit. But Mitch versus Carson is about like about as good and bad as it gets as far as drafting free agency this year. So, <clears throat> Yep. He's definitely a guy we'll both have our eyes on. I'm excited. Cool, cool. So what uh, topics do you have prepared for us? Last month, I had sort of rambled at you for a while. So it's your oh, turn yeah, to ramble at me for, for a little bit. Rambling, buddy. <laughs> uh, I've drummed up a, a, what I think is an interesting topic here. Um, I, so first of all, for our culture history topic, we're going to be talking about teams that have moved cities uh, throughout the course of NFL history. Also, AFL history before they merged. Uh, mm-hmm. We talked a little bit. About that last time we've also mentioned a couple of these teams the last time so i might focus on some of those as much we already touched on them um but did you get a uh, chance to look at the doc at all uh no but i figured that was okay because i sort of wanted you to present oh, yeah, your findings sure, a little for bit sure, for sure so first thing i found out the first ever move that we had for the nfl the decatur staley's moved <laughs> From Decatur to Chicago in 1921. Uh, the only Decatur I know of is in Alabama, I think. I'm not sure that's where that Decatur, one was. The Decatur, Alabama Staley's. The Staley's, they were called the Staley's, I'm pretty sure, because they were owned by a like starch company. And that was the name of the guy that owned the company 
It's like that was his last name was Staley. So they were the Staleys, but they moved to Chicago in 1921, and then the next year changed their name to the Bears. And wow, me too. So that's uh, crazy. In finding that out, I found out that this is going to be the hundredth year of the Bears franchise. I guess you could say it's the hundredth year they're going to be called the Bears. It's pretty so, crazy. Interesting stuff there. Um, next interesting one that I saw, uh, we had the Cleveland Bulldogs. <laughs> In 1928, you're gonna. I found out actually that there was a bunch of different teams in Cleveland throughout this time. Yeah, anyway, that was something I've I've noticed also. It's pretty strange. Cleveland Bulldogs moved from Cleveland in 1928 to Detroit and became the Wolverines, which I thought was interesting because now we have the University of Michigan. Their mascot is the Wolverines. Huh. Um, more on college mascots later. Uh, that team actually got incorporated into the New York Giants in 1929, though. So they did not stay in Detroit and become the Lions. It's really weird, like, how many of these eventually end with a actual NFL team. Like, yeah. like the actual franchise, like, designations have actually, like, changed hands so few times, which I think is something that's pretty odd. Yeah, it's weird to think about franchises as just entities that were remain those entities even if they change city and name and you just <laughs> wouldn't ever be able to realize it right like the tennessee titans now uh were the houston oilers back in the day now right. we have a different team in houston with a different name and it's just yeah interesting kind of weird and then so between 1928 uh, and 1934 is what we in the biz call the dark years in Detroit. No football team there until <laughs> 1934. The Portsmouth Bartons moved to Detroit and changed their name to the Lions. Also interesting because now there is a college in Michigan. Obviously, Michigan State. There, Scott is the Spartans. So a little the, bit about college history here. The Portsmouth Spartans? Yes. <laughs> Where is Portsmouth? I have no I didn't even take the time <laughs> to ridiculous. look into that. <laughs> I assumed I was probably somewhere in Michigan. Um, Portsmouth. New Hampshire. That's New crazy. Hampshire. There was an NFL team in New Hampshire at one point. Mm. Wow. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. New Hampshire NFL fandom. Now there's all Patriots <laughs> fans. Unfortunately, speaking of the New England area, the Boston racists, I mean, the Boston Redskins moved to... Uh, Washington, D.C. in 1937 uh, and remained in that hellhole uh, to this day. Um, so, bad franchise. Humble beginnings. <laughs> humble be- from humble beginnings. Um, but speaking of the Washington commanders now, um, hopefully we're going to see Dan Snyder removed from his post from the other... <laughs> Rub those hands together from the other <laughs> NFL owners. It sucks that the the way that it's coming about had to be that he screwed other owners out of money and not all of the other horrible things that he's done. Yeah, whatever. At least he's probably going to get removed. <laughs> Funny enough, I mean, like as soon as that report came out, I was like, well, well this that's is it. it. <laughs> you know? Like, well, that's something the owners will move on for sure. <laughs> yeah. So next move that I have is the Cleveland Rams moved to Los Angeles in 1946, where they remained for many years. Uh, we'll get to another move for them later. But <laughs> The Cleveland Rams? Yeah, so I think Cleveland huh. had like three different teams throughout their 
Well, I guess four, four. because yeah. yeah, because they had those first two that I just mentioned, and then they had the Browns, which became the Ravens, and they had the Browns again, which is a different team. So. Browns two. Browns two. Yeah, that's what they should be called. <laughs> um, and then we had the Chicago Cardinals move to St. Louis in 1960. So St. Louis had quite a few years of football fandom before uh, they were taken away. More on that later. The L.A. Chargers, they were originally in Los Angeles, moved to San Diego in 1961. Um, and in 1963, we had the AFL franchise, the Dallas Texans, move to Kansas City and become the Chiefs. So I had no idea that that was how the Chiefs came to be. And apparently at one point there was two professional football teams in Dallas, which is something that the Dallas mayor was caping for recently. Yeah, that, first of all, I don't think we've had the chance to talk about that on this show. Like easily the worst idea, right? Horrible take. Like (laughs) I understood it a little better once I found out it was the Dallas mayor that was saying that. But somebody asked on Twitter, like what cities should get NFL teams? And the Dallas mayor was like, um, Dallas too. (laughs) Like, come on, man. Like there's yeah, he so was, many cities that deserve that more. He was basically like, uh, like LA and New York, like have to, and I'm like, they're not like, neither of those cities are handling that very well right now. Like, yeah. <laughs> and even if they were, those are like hubs of US <laughs> culture. Like, yeah. Those are like the two cities in America that everyone on the planet knows about. Yeah. yeah. So nobody Dallas. outside of Omega little. No reason, but those teams actually started in 1960. So from 60 to 63, there were two teams in Dallas: Texans and the Cowboys. Um, That's so weird. I that also Houston didn't know that Texans the Texans when they came around. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. That's cool. Great. Then in 1982, we had the Oakland Raiders move to Los Angeles, and then back to Oakland 1995 for eventually moving to Las Vegas in 2020. So they've been jumping around all over the place. Wait, Oakland was in LA as well at one point? Is that mm-hmm. what you said? 1982. Oh, so from, so what's, let's see. I guess they were the only team in at that point because Bill had, wait, when did, did we're getting to. So are the Niners the only California team that never lived in LA? I guess so, huh? I guess so, yeah. That's Oakland weird. Was there at some point and Rams and Chargers, but they're now, yep. More on LA later. The Baltimore Colts moved to Indianapolis in 1984. St. Louis Cardinals, we touched on this, also moved to Phoenix in 1988. Became the Arizona Cardinals a few years later, 1994. Uh, then in 1995 is when we had the Ram move to St. Louis and bring St. Louis fandom back to city. For those poor people, man. They, I'm sure they just want to love a football team, and they just keep having it taken away from them. That's yeah. definitely the city that deserves yeah. a football team the most. I, I I agree. It seems weird to have two <laughs> football teams in the state of Missouri, but because the Kansas City Chiefs are also yeah. based in Missouri, but that's that's okay. They're on totally opposite sides, and I think the people of St. Louis would really cherish having a football team again. Yeah, I think St. Louis deserves one pretty badly. Also, Salt Lake City, I feel like if we were expanding, like mm. that that one stands out to me as being a pretty obvious candidate. Um, there's not a whole lot of options, though. I guess we got to get Portsmouth back in here, dude. Yeah, like, Portsmouth, <laughs> we got to get them again because they've been starving since 1934. 
They've been waiting long enough. I think we need, <laughs> we need to rectify that situation. I think, I think the situation. people of Portsmouth would really cherish having a football team again. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> um, Houston Oilers moved to Memphis in 1997, actually, where they played a temporary year. Moved to Nashville in 1998. Came the Titans a year later in 1999. So three years of activity for that franchise. Right back to back. And then two most recent ones, we had the St. Louis Rams back to L.A. in 2016, Chargers back to L.A. in 27, leaving San Diego and St. Louis without, which I wonder if the people of San Diego, what's that? And then the Las Vegas move. Las Vegas move, yeah. Uh, I wonder if the people in San Diego really were (laughs) that upset about that move because, you know, they just moved like an hour to the north. Know what I mean, I remember them being really angry about it. Like, I mean, I guess like this, like the actual like city workers and government and all that probably because, but I don't understand if I was living in St. Louis or San, San Diego, and the yeah. team just moved like forty five minutes an hour away. I can't support them anymore. <laughs> I remember like jersey burnings and things. Like I don't know. Like it, it seems like they that were really silly. upset about it. And that it was like a like a larger like I think for them it was probably just like a larger reflection of like San Diego versus Las Vegas, but like like take that L. Like <laughs> you guys yeah. are not gonna win. <laughs> like But uh yeah, those were all the moves I had. Any of those really stand out to you? Um, I've always like known for some reason the Baltimore Colts have always been one that I've like been aware of for some reason. It's it's interesting to me that um I that like I think we talked about this in in my episode, but like how like right when they moved to Indianapolis, like that was when the thing happened where like Arizona got screwed out of like getting to stay in their division basically because they moved Mm -hmm. like during the. But yeah, I I think it's kind of weird. Baltimore, like I don't know, it's kind of interesting that it took so long for another. Like it's always really weird to me when these cities that obviously deserve teams like lose them. And then they get them back because, like, the city government is almost always involved in, like, NFL franchises being set up. So it's like, why are you guys, I don't know, letting your city reset for, like, 12 years? Like, Yeah, it's really doesn't make any sense to me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that Uh, was the NFL franchises that have moved cities throughout the NFL slash AFL. It's pretty interesting. If you could, like, move one today, where, like, who would you, like, pick up and where would you drop them? Mm, so let's move. Yes, mm, we. I was gonna say let's move the commanders out of there. Change the name, everything. Just they could really do just a whole rebrand. New owner, new city, new name again, because that name, yeah, not worth the wait. Um, but I don't know. I feel like having a team in DC is just it just makes sense. Maybe, yeah. Maybe we move the commanders out of there, and then like we just talked about, twelve years later, <laughs> we get a new team <laughs> in DC. I think um, DC needs to like learn how to handle a football yeah, team. <laughs> absolutely, they need to go on pro. Or they need to go on timeout rather. Right. <laughs> uh, what about you? Uh, I don't know. I'd probably move them to Greasy Grove and rename them to the Greasy Grove Guardians. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Another meme answer. I would move them to Cleveland and have two Cleveland teams and call them the Cleveland football guardians. Now that Cleveland has the baseball guardians (laughs) and the, uh, the roller derbies, but 
serious answer, I really do think St. Louis deserves a team. Yeah, and definitely. And like I was saying, like honestly, like even though I think SoFi and like the Chargers and the Rams, like those three entities at the moment are pretty successful. I don't feel like New York has ever successfully handled having two teams. And also yeah. they're not even in New York City, let alone New York State. So right. I would probably like move the Jets to St. Louis and let them try again or something like that. Like if yeah. I if I like found a genie lamp where I could only move an NFL team, that's probably what I would do. <laughs> really specific genie lamp. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> where do you find that? Um a cavern, probably. Cavern. Or Roger Goodell's house, probably. <laughs> or like Esoteric Genie Lamp Emporium, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do go there quite a bit. <laughs> so, yeah, that was our uh, culture slash history topic for this month. Let's take Thank a little you. break, and then we will get into uh, our current date. Sounds good. <laughs> Is it from we're back? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like that game paper toss remember that game oh yeah were you trying to toss it the literally just throwing paper in the garbage <laughs> that was a great great game on the ipod touch heck yeah <laughs> i loved the ipod touch era where it was like it's blank but it's on your ipod like when the app store was interesting that was like the best era of 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 smart devices Hey, check out, check it out. I'm drinking a beer. <laughs> check out what my iPod Touch can do. It's a gun. Oh my god, dude! One time, uh, shout out my boy Devonte Cheers from high school. He and I synced up that iBeer app so we could like pour it onto each other's phones, like with Bluetooth. <laughs> yeah, that's a peak of technology. Right there. <laughs> if we ever have made it back to anything quite that cool. That's gonna be like in the um like in the museum of species. It's like humanity. It's like that's the little thing we have. It's like a foam pouring like a like a beer into another. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, anyways, uh, welcome back, everyone, to NFLs. Uh, we're gonna talk now about, I guess, cities, um, fan bases in general, sort of just kind of yeah, talking attendance of some different teams, also just like. The general vibes surrounding their, um, yeah, <laughs> just the general yeah. vibes surrounding I've, their their fan bases at the moment. I've pulled up some statistics about attendance, like specifically for teams at their home games, but that's just uh, going to gut some of the discussion. Where, like you said, we can still talk about vibes surrounding certain fan bases at this point, and, uh, other things just related to um, that. So. <laughs> Uh, to get in before we get into it, I'm going to clarify some of these stats. I excluded 2020 for most of the attendance stats just because most of the stadiums didn't have fans. Yeah, viral pandemic and all that. Um, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then uh, there was two different ways of looking at uh, stadium attendance that I found useful for different situations. You could either look at average number of people at the home games, and you could also look at the average percentage of their capacity that they fill. So just because a team maybe had a smaller average attendance, they might rank higher capacity just because, you know, stadium can only fit so many people. Right. Vice versa. Uh, so first let's look at a couple of teams that have moved in recent years. Uh, so I found that playing at SoFi provided a huge boost in attendance for the Chargers. Uh, when they were still in San Diego, they're averaging in the high teens and low 20s for average stadium uh, attendance. 
And then uh, they had the lowest average attendance from 2017 when they moved to Los Angeles into mm. 2020 before they moved to SoFi. And that wasn't their fault because they were playing at like a soccer stadium. The capacity was only like 30,000 or something like that. Half that of like an average NFL stadium. But since they moved to SoFi, they got a huge boost and they're like, they're top 10 now, I'm pretty sure, in mm. stadium attendance. So pretty cool for that frame. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I was going to say, like, when we were talking earlier about um, L.A., like, having successfully juggled two teams, I think that one thing that that sports market has done, granted this is just, like, L.A. and, like, the type of people who live there are very conducive to this lifestyle, but it seems to me like they've successfully turned, like, going to SoFi into an experience regardless of which of the two teams are playing there. Like, it seems like a lot of fans in L.A. root for both teams and just, like, like going to games. That's just something they enjoy doing, basically, so... I, I definitely like sort of calling back to talking about moving the Chargers 45 minutes up the road. Like I definitely understand why they made that call. I think that was a net positive. And also I, I don't know how much of this is just like there being an exciting franchise QB attached to this team again, but like that, oh, yeah. that team definitely seems to have like a lot more excitement behind it right now than it has had in, in, most of the time that I recall the chargers have always just been kind of that weird team in our division that I never really think about. So yeah. Yeah. They're getting huge amounts of love, obviously for that exciting young quarterback, Mm -hmm. Herbert, Uh, even though, you know, they haven't really had the success you would expect them to yet with him. I mean, he's been amazing and everybody has seen that he's been amazing, but they haven't even gone to the playoffs. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how that evolves forward i wonder um i do like man i i i'm sure i've already said something like this but like afc west is just going to be such a nightmare division to make it out of this year like into the playoffs i mean we're going to see multiple do it i guarantee it but like man like talk about a a tough six game lineup for like literally any team in that division like even the chiefs have a pretty tall order for themselves at this point i think we make this joke every year but I could see, I could literally see all four of them yeah. making the playoffs. Like, that's not outside of their possibility. But the AFC is pretty strong elsewhere, too. So, uh, them having to play each other six times, like you said, is, is a pretty big handicap for, for that. Yeah. But if you put these teams in, if you spread them out amongst the divisions, I think that it'd be a lot more likely that all four. Yeah, unless like unless you put like the Rams and the Bills and Dolphins division, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> like the, <laughs> you switch the Rams with the I mean, switch the Raiders with the Jets. That's like maybe the only situation an AFC West team doesn't survive another division. Yeah. <laughs> another team that moved recently, uh, the Raiders were twenty sixth in total attendance, twenty second in percentage of their stadium capacity. So, um, like the Chargers and the Rams, they've got this cool, shiny new stadium that everybody talks about, says it's a great experience to go there, but they're not seeing quite the amount of turnout. And that's kind of not surprising to me because I feel like the heart and soul team was really tied to Oakland. Uh, but I agree. They made this move. I'm sure the people in Las Vegas are happy to have a team there, but they're just not as sold on. I can think of a couple okay. other constants that have changed in recent years for the Raiders as well. That yeah. Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, that is interesting. I mean, I, I feel like that was sort of another experiment, experiment sort of like you were saying with like 
in relation to LA. Like they're trying to, I think I, I sort of feel like this, like I remember when they moved to Vegas, people were talking about like, Oh yeah. Like Vegas is rebranding to like a family city now and all this stuff. And I, and I don't hear people talk about that as much now. So I'm wondering if maybe like the pandemic just sort of stunted, like Las Vegas's move towards like family tourism attraction type stuff in general. And like the Raiders, I like got there ahead of time basically, which yeah. is funny because it seemed like they were showing up late for a little while there, but next team we got here that I wanted to talk about the Titans average attendance was in the twenties for five straight years prior to 2021, which I found pretty surprising because if you talk to Titans fans today, oh. pretty rambunctious and just crazy about their team you know why they had the highest in 2021 though right oh well obviously oh yeah i mean like it's so (laughs) like like yeah (laughs) titans fans are the are the people who were most likely to go to a football game last year for sure i would say (laughs) (laughs) yeah they were 12th in average and capacity a big jump after being in the 20s for five straight Sure. Good for them. For them, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> now let's get down to the nitty gritty of it. Let's talk about a team we've already mentioned once. Last year, the Washington football team, as they were still called, they were 31st in average attendance. They were 32nd in capacity by a wide margin. Their average capacity at their home games was only 64.3% of their stadium. I can't say I'm surprised in the least about that. I don't know if I know anybody. Well, I don't really know Washington fans, but I can't think of like how you could be a Washington fan and be proud of your team at the moment, unfortunately for them. No, for sure. Tough break. Um, Have you ever seen the show? Have you ever seen the show Kimmy Schmidt on uh, Netflix with, I've seen, I think the first season and then Logan didn't want to watch it. So I haven't watched it since. <laughs> the the rich woman that she works for starts mm-hmm. dating like a guy from the family that owns the Redskins, like in the universe on this show. Yeah. And, they're, and they're all just like complete garbage monsters. <laughs> and they're like talking about like how bad the team is. And they're like, oh hey, the game's on. They like clink the glasses and go and have a seat. They just like know their team's terrible. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah, that's how I imagine they probably are in real life, the Snyders. Yeah. But 64.3% stadium capacity is really embarrassing. But can't say I'm surprised with, like, just all the stories you hear about how bad that stadium is and, you know, literal sewage spilling from mm-hmm. the pipes into the stands. Um, uh, right down there with them, not really a surprise, was Detroit. They were 32nd in average attendance, total number of people there, and 31st in percentage capacity. Gosh. But they were 15% higher than Washington. 79.9%. So even this team that was like not winning any games, they're still filling up that stadium by a wide margin more. I thought that was Yeah, that is interesting. I feel like Detroit fans are resilient. <laughs> yeah. For uh, sure. I mean, they lived through the 0 and 16 season, you know, all those memes of people showing up to the games with bags on their heads. Um but they'll they'll continue to show up and roof and I feel like now is a good time for, to be a Detroit fan. I feel like they're up and coming. And I think uh, we're, we're going to see a percentage capacity build uh, jump up next year. I wouldn't be surprised at all. 
think so. Um, there were 19 teams that had a higher percentage capacity filled than 95. So I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, wow. We saw, I'm not sure what those numbers look like before the pandemic, but I imagine that's probably higher than they were because people were a lot more excited to go see football. And even the 20th team, New Orleans, was at 94.9. Really close. Wow. Uh, that 95% mark. There were four teams with capacity over 100%. So more people in there than their seating capacity allowed. Just uh. by a little bit. Can you, uh, I will give you a million dollars. Oh, you might already read it. If you can tell me both of the teams that did that. That, ha- that had, okay, sorry, that had 100.4%. Which I'm thinking the- Texans because you say over capacity and my mind immediately jumps to Houston. But uh, I think I'm going to have to go with, okay, two of them. I'm going to say the Buccaneers and this. Hmm. And the Bengals. So, surprisingly enough, neither of those teams were. The Bengals were really low in both really? average number of people and percent capacity huh. filled, which I found really interesting considering the great year that they had this year. Um, but I guess if you think about it, that's not one of the more fervent fan bases in the NFL. Yeah, that's true. Um, even when they're great. But the two teams at 100.4% were Kansas City. That makes sense because yeah, they've been great for a few years now. And Minnesota, the other team. Wow. Huh. 4% average at their home games. So um, that was something that really surprised me. And then we have two teams at 100.1% from last year. And that was Denver and Los Angeles. The Rams, that is. Boom. Um, yeah. Yeah. The Broncos struck me as being over capacity when we went, and that oh, was so many people. Broncos versus Eagles in 2021. So holy moly! Imagine two good teams like, and, and I mean, oh yeah, the, I I would be surprised if Denver wasn't at or above this level mm-hmm. for this coming year, for sure. Um, and then just a couple more things: Cleveland, New England, both average 100, percent and Philly was right behind them. At ninety nine point, so maybe the, these boys. teams that we just talked about, yeah, need to expand their seating a little bit. What are some of the like the NFL fan bases that strike you as being like some of the like really hot ones that didn't that were sort of like middling when when you like actually looked at the statistics? Mm, that's a good good question. Like uh, like I said, the Bengals were surprising to me just because of how mm. good they were this year and. How middling they were," said Pittsburgh. Actually, kind of surprised me. They were only averaged eighty-eight point four percent capacity. Uh. That was twenty-ninth in the league. And I would have thought, you know, one of the old teams, that one of the more like storied fan bases, one of the more storied franchises, and it's like Hall of Fame quarterback Ben Roethlisberger's last year. So I would have yeah. thought fans would be packing into that stadium. All that. Yeah, that's strange. But uh, Dallas, there's a reason they were down the slope, but they were at 23 or 23rd uh, in the league with 93.4%. But that's only because their, st- their stadium, uh, AT&T Stadium, fits like 100,000 people, and they're averaging like 93,000 wow. <laughs> per yeah. game. So, Yeah, where, like where were they overall? Like in just flat oh, numbers? Oh, number one by far. Yeah. 
Yeah. They were at 93,000 average, and second was Green Bay at 77. So Sounds their right. stadium just holds so many people. Yeah. That's crazy. Wait, how many how many people does SoFi hold? I didn't realize the AT&T Stadium was so much bigger than that. So I think SoFi holds about 70,000. Yeah, 70,000. 70,000. And AT&T Stadium can hold 80, so. Hmm. And Google also wants me to know that the Rose Bowl can hold 80. Well, it said 88,000, and then I clicked on it, and now it says 90,000. So I guess the Rose Bowl has gotten like 2,000 new seats. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Let's go, finally. <laughs> I've been saying that for years, and he is more. The last time I was at the Rose, Rose Bowl, Bowl, I was like, we need about 20,000 more seats around here, <laughs> I think. <laughs> what about uh, Seattle? You haven't mentioned them yet. That's a fan base I always think of as being pretty high, especially at the stadium. Yeah, they um, they live up to that as far as capacity goes. They were at 99.5%, so almost completely filling it out uh, every year or every home game that they had, even in this bad year that they had they weren't a very hot team to watch but their fans showed up and showed out no surprises yeah well cool all right well any other stray comments before we wrap it up um i just wanted to say that uh we you talked about them the city of los angeles and the rams and all them like making going so far like an experience to see the games mm-hmm Something I'd love to do this year. They got to me. Their yeah. their marketing got to me. Yeah, it hopefully looks like a lot of fun. Point, hopefully at some point to distant future, maybe this year, maybe this year, we'll get to take a trip out there. Damn. Spill a beer on a celebrity. It's a great time. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because I'm sure they will be sitting in the cheap in, seats in where general. we're going to be sitting. <laughs> <laughs> They're there, though. You can yeah. smell it. You can smell I can in the air. smell the celebrity in the <laughs> air. <laughs> the celebrity. <laughs> um, yeah, I definitely want to get out there. I have a, a pretty big sports like wish list for this year, I suppose. I want to take my dad to a, a game in Mile High. Also, hop over to Ball and see the Nuggets play while we're there as well. Um Plan on seeing the Broncos play when they come to Nashville. I want to go see a game in SoFi. And um, this is a different sport, but I mean, I guess I already mentioned basketball, so whatever. But uh, the League of Legends World Championships are going to be in North America this year in October. So hopefully I'm going to get to see a game in uh, MSG in New York. Fingers crossed. Glenn and Blake and I are trying to make that happen. So hopefully. Hopefully go to that. That'd be cool. You yeah. get to go see a game at MSG and you don't have to watch the Knicks. <laughs> I know, yeah, it's a win-win. <laughs> <laughs> Although Knicks games, as much as they're like rivals, the Sixers, they seem like pretty to be at. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure I could stand to watch like Sixers or Nuggets at at Madison Square Garden yeah. if I if I needed to, I suppose I could. <laughs> if I needed <laughs> Uh, and thank you all for tuning in for another episode of NFL's Fourth and Goal. I feel like I say this every time, but I've really been enjoying these episodes. It's fun just uh, talking about football and um, just keeping it in our in our hearts and minds, our thoughts and prayers during this off season. Um, <laughs> uh, make sure to tune back in in a month for the final episode of NFL's Fourth and Goal for 2022. Also, um, in between now and then. Uh, we will be doing our new special, I promise. It's just been a crazy summer. But honestly, like, 
I kind of like doing it at the end of the summer because it kind of serves as like a, Hey, like, don't forget all of these things to consider going into the season or whatever. Yeah, it's a good read. Yeah. We so gritty of the season. So we will drop that at some point this next month, but um, we will be here for the final episode of NFL's fourth and goal season one, one month from today. And then a week after that, We'll start doing our uh, division previews. Oh my gosh, it's crazy! Hey, Wild there. stuff. Super I know. Fun. Yeah, I, it, it makes it seem like the season's almost here, but to be fair, we just spend like two months getting hyped for it. But like, yeah. what else are you going <laughs> to do when you host a podcast for a sport that's only active five months a year? Anyway, my name is Jacob Wilkinson. My name is Drew Wade, and I do have the cool one here with Philly special. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>